This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. Whatever you start. And this, and this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about rice. Yes, it's back to real food again. Yep. And I think we're going to try and cover the entire world of rice, everything that humanity has gleaned from this wonderful grain over thousands of years of civilization in 15 minutes. Can we do it? Of course. Yes, we can. Yeah, through the magic of editing. Yes. Yeah. So this is really probably going to be an hour-long show that we're going to distill down to 15 minutes of pure gold for and, you. And Carolina gold. And, or we could just fast forward it and play it really fast. <laughs> Why on earth did we decide to talk about rice today? Uh, you said something about fried rice, which we didn't actually get to for this show. Oh, that's I right. I think that uh, I think we were sitting here brainstorming, and I, uh, I really wanted you to... Um, to show me your fried rice technique in a walk, like a proper fried rice. Because I feel like whenever I, whenever I make fried rice, I, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. It gets too sticky or it gets too wet and clumpy. I, I don't know. <laughs> and apparently I refused because that's not what we did. That's true. But we, we should do, we are, we're going to do a future show about fried rice. Yeah, yeah, yes, let's do it. And a future show about brown rice, which we're also not going to be talking about today. So what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about white rice in in many of its expressions. In preparation for today's episode, Matthew has kindly made for us a rice chart. I am so proud of this. <laughs> we're going to put it up on the website. It's a, It's one of the geekier things we've done here on the show. So we made a chart here today. Yes, as as we do every week. Didn't you like my, my chart uh, last time with the uh, the little Smokies versus Vienna sausages? <laughs> I didn't see that chart. Yeah, it didn't exist. Anyway, so for those of you who remember where the x-axis and the y-axis are on a chart, I'm raising my hand. We're we're I remember we're we're flying the geek flag here. Mm-hmm. The y-axis has to do with stickiness on our chart here. <laughs> is, is that true on every chart? <laughs> every chart. So, well, every chart. Okay. Every chart. The y-axis on our chart has to do with stickiness. The x-axis has to do with grain length. Yes. We're going to put this so, chart on our website, spilledmilkpodcast.com. 
where you can look at it yourself. But it's got four boxes because there's four kinds of rice. Yeah, so there's like long grain non-sticky rice and long grain sticky rice, and then sort of a short grain sticky and a short grain non-sticky. Okay, why don't we start with the non-sticky because I think everyone has come in contact with non-sticky rice. So the most the most obvious kind uh, is the kind that I think a lot of us have in our in our cabinets and our pantries at home. Yeah, um, things like jasmine rice, basmati rice, like sort of generic supermarket rice. Yes, that is going to be long grain white rice. And that's also that's also like the rice that you would typically encounter in an American Chinese restaurant, yes. right? Absolutely. Okay. And I tend to think of these rices also as being quite fragrant. Yeah, it depends. Some I mean correct? the basmati and jasmine are, are aromatic rices and those, you know, have the really cool like, you know, popcorny sort of smell. Mm-hmm. Not all of them are fragrant, but that's where you're going to find the fragrant ones. Okay. So those are the long grain non-stickies. Yes. And then there are also short grain non-stickies. Yes. And the the issue with those is they're a little bit sticky. And so it's easy to, to get into the, get the idea that that's what sticky rice is, like sushi rice. Yeah. And that's actually a non-sticky rice. Okay. So is all short grain rice like a little... It's All short yeah. grain rice is a little stickier than long grain rice. Yeah. And like risotto rice is in that category too. And you, know, you get it because it has that, that starchiness that uh, you know, makes it kind of cling together and be uh, you know, a, bowl of, a bowl of risotto, a thing hanging together. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So... Under the category of short grain non-sticky rices, we've got like arborio, often used for risotto, yep. and then also things like I don't know. Probably a lot of you have this in your in in your pantries too. Calrose rice. Yeah, so um, that's that'll be supermarket short grain rice. Uh, it'll be labeled like sushi rice or like kokuho rose is one brand. Um, so all of these are. These are all non-sticky rices we've been talking about so far. Correct. And they are not particularly fragrant, right? The short ones. Right, the short ones. Right. Okay, okay. So so let's move into the trickier territory of sticky rice. Trickier and stickier. Trickier and stickier. Okay, and the reason it's trickier is because I I know everybody listening has definitely experienced non-sticky rice, you know, probably within the last few days. Uh, sticky rice is much less common, but really cool to know about. And what makes it sticky is actually like the, the starches in it that are, that are really like qualitatively different from the starches in a non-sticky rice. Rice has two kinds of starch in it. I'm not going to get into the names, but one is the sticky one and one is the non-sticky one. And sticky rice has only the sticky one. Okay. Whereas other ones maybe have sort of a mixture or whatever. Okay. Okay. So where would I encounter long grain sticky rice? You would encounter long grain sticky rice in Northern Thailand, Laos, or restaurants serving the food of those regions. Okay. So if I were having... Larb. Yes. We should do a Larb episode. God, I love Larb. So um, will you describe Larb for people who who have not heard of it or maybe know it as a different name? Um, it's a it's a Thai meat salad. Usually, usually some kind of uh, um, pork, beef, chicken, um, but you can make it with other stuff. Anyway, it's like it's like chopped some kind of chopped protein uh, with rice powder and uh, lime juice and fish sauce and garlic and lots of chilies. Yeah, like lemongrass and kefir yeah. lime and stuff. It's usually really bright and spicy. And so you would you would um, pick up larb with a little bit of sticky rice. Maybe, yeah, the thing it. about long grain sticky rice is you can sort of like press it into a patty and use it to make, to like grab something like, like a, with a glove. <laughs> like, like, like your child. Uh, yeah. I'm making, away I'm or... making a little velociraptor uh, <laughs> gesture here. <laughs> so you can use sticky rice to grab things. If anything <laughs> yeah. you need to grab. 
<laughs> Good. Everybody's learned something. I'm glad we've established this. So, okay. So what about short grain sticky rice? Because until today, I don't I don't think I'd ever eaten it. Like, I think I thought that what I was eating in sushi restaurants was short grain sticky rice, but it, it, it's not. No. Short grain sticky rice is also called mochi rice or sweet rice. And it's used to make mochi, which is that uh, super chewy Japanese rice cake stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But it can also be eaten as rice. If you've come across short grain sticky rice, and I didn't even realize this was short grain sticky rice until I started researching for this episode, it is probably at a dim sum place where it is the rice that's served steamed in banana leaves with Chinese sausage and stuff embedded in it. And, and it's pretty tasty. It's really tasty, and uh, and we did something really delicious with it today. We did. Do you think we've totally confused everybody now? I think so, so I think we should probably move on. But basically, you know, there's four boxes with four different kinds of rice, and they're all really good and, and can be enjoyed in their own ways. Go rice. Woohoo! So let's talk about a sort of what what we did with these rices today to to get an idea of of sort of the different things we could do with these very different. Yeah, because we of made rice. two things and they came from opposite corners of the rice chart. Yeah, I made a dish. Um, I mean, and to call it a dish is is a bit of uh, a bit of an overstatement because it's a very very simple little thrown together thing that is quite delicious. I made some jasmine rice and I cooked it uh, on the stovetop and in the oven. I did a combo combination method that we will uh, we'll post on the website. You start it on the stovetop, cook it in a little bit of oil, add water. When it comes to a boil, throw it in the oven and like 15 minutes later, sometimes a little less, it's it's ready. And I think that it's the easiest way of making rice without a rice cooker. Very cool. Um, anyway, so I did that with jasmine rice. And, uh, and then I had a mixture of some seeds, like sesame seeds and pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds that I had toasted uh, in a skillet and mixed with a little bit of salt. And we put those on top of the rice and drizzled it all with sesame oil. And, uh, you know, it, it tastes a little hippie-ish, the way it sounds. Um, but it's really delicious. I, I was first introduced to the idea at a restaurant here in Seattle called Nettletown. Yeah. And uh, and they just call it rice with with toasted seeds and sesame oil. And, uh, you know, if you find yourself with... Um, you know, with some some nice fluffy long grain rice sitting around and some toasted sesame oil and some seeds, you've got yourself a really nice little dish. Yeah, you probably have a variety of seeds in your house right now. Yes. That, that would work. Yes. Uh, I like the dish. I mean, it's it's got it's got salt, it's got crunchy seedy bits. Um it's uh you know, it's got the sesame oil which is good in anything, so it, and it adds a little body to the rice. And, um, and honestly, you could do it with any kind of rice. I think oh, that, yeah. I think a fragrant rice is really nice, and fragrant rices are, are tend to be long-grain yes. rices. So um, so anyway, I would, you know, any, any kind of long-grain rice you've got lying around, you could use that purple rice, black rice. Yeah. We're not going to talk about brown rice today. Anyway, so that was my dish for today, and I think it's a great way to, uh, to show off a long-grain rice. Okay, so my dish comes from the the opposite corner of of the table. From uh, you know, can these can these rices from different sides of the tracks get along? We're we're not sure because we didn't mix them together or anything. They're both in weird. my stomach right now. Yeah, are so they, far are so they good. getting along? Good. So far so good. Okay, I, I found this recipe uh, when I was googling around on a, a blog called um, Kyoto Foodie. The blogger Michael Baxter made this dish um, that he called um, Okawa that you take uh, short grain sticky rice, which is also called sweet rice, also called mochi rice, and you cook it in a rice cooker with some stuff. 
And when you cook rice with some stuff in this Japan... Man, this man is a food writer. You cook it with some stuff. Go I'm on. I'm getting to the stuff. Go on. Go on. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. My, my food writing muscles have atrophied. Uh, <laughs> Too much writing about finance. Right. You put it, you put it in with some stuff and then jackpot. Uh, <laughs> where was I? You put, you put some stuff yeah, in right. there. You, you put some stuff in there. Um, <laughs> when you cook rice with stuff in it in Japan, that is called takikomi gohan. And so this could be okawa, it could be takikomi gohan. Anyway, I call it delicious because the stuff that I put in um, at uh, Kyoto Foodie's suggestion was I put in some sliced shiitake mushrooms, no need to cook them first. I put in some salt roasted pork, which is extremely easy to make. Um, that was cooked first. And some soy sauce, mirin, and rice wine. And just cook that all up in the rice cooker. It takes about an hour and then it comes out. And it's... It's like that steam banana leaf steamed sticky rice that you get at dim sum. It has that same kind of waxy sticky rice aroma to it, but it's so it's so much more of a fresh flavor. And then I garnished it with well. And what's really nice about it too, I would say, is that those things that you're putting on it—the mirin, the soy sauce—they almost kind of like form like a caramelly layer yeah, at the bottom of the that. rice cooker. Like I, I, anyway, that was really nice. Like the grains, some of them come out sort of like shimmery with this sort of caramelized yeah. sauce on them anyway you were saying you garnish it with what you garnish it with a little with a little lime zest and lime juice and scallions mm-hmm. for, for a little color a little uh, fresh bright flavor it, it was a fantastic dish and i really want to make it at home do you think eating the the sticky rice the short grain sticky rice i noticed that it's got um i i hate to say this aloud because i don't want to turn anybody off but it it almost has a slightly mucusy between the grains of rice the way that natto does it's totally true however they don't you know they don't they don't form like long webby strands when you when you pull off a bite like it's not there's nothing scary about this it's kind of this wonderful um creamy texture yeah there's nothing scary about the thing you just described nothing scary about it forget what i said (laughs) forget it Um, rewind do you think that you could do this same dish with calrose rice i think you definitely could and it wouldn't be the same but i'm sure it would be good yeah why not yeah i imagine it might you know yeah there would just be a little textural difference you could also use a mixture of mochi rice and calrose rice i know that is done and that in is, fact, Kyoto Foodie also said he threw he threw in some pearled barley when he made it. Whoa. I feel like this episode is is bursting at the seams with information and barley. You know, I guess I guess the one thing that I wanted that I wanted to be sure to cover today before before we finish here. Yeah, yeah. So what's up with the rice cooker? Like, do you believe in the rice cooker? So I don't have a rice cooker. I've sort of taught myself to make rice without it, as you saw today, using this combination stove oven method. Um What do you think about rice cookers? I I believe in the rice cooker, but I think the reason I believe in the rice cooker is because um, I, Calrose rice is my standard rice at home. I make it at least a couple times a week and most rice cookers are designed, they're they're made made or designed in Japan with that kind of rice in mind and so they're going to cook it perfectly every time. How do they work? (laughs) Um, Fuzzy logic. (laughs) That's Uh, what it said on the box when I pulled the rice that I- Really? Yeah. I think, or maybe neuro neuro fuzzy. Um, what are you talking about? It's some kind of magic they invented in Japan. Yeah, to uh, cook rice. Yeah, no, I have no idea what it means. Um, but so, so you put, you know, you have to know how much water to put in there. You put yes. your rice in there. We can cut all this out later if we need to. Um, and 
it'll just hold your rice in there perfectly warm without burning the bottom. Yeah, for for hours if necessary. Wow. Maybe I should get a rice and you cooker. And you can set a timer, like a coffee machine, to like start cooking it in the future. You can, in uh, the future. <laughs> that's, that's right. I have some, I have some rice set to, to be ready in 2025. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, I just like that, that, uh, you know, unlike, unlike the microwave or the toaster or, uh, I don't know what, what's some other gadget, you know, when you put, when you put rice into the rice cooker, it's going to come out perfect every time. And I just like having something like that in my life, you know? Yeah, I know. It is important to have at least one thing in your life that you can count on for perfection. How do you know how much water to use for your rice? Oh, that's a tough question. Because one of the things we discovered today is that while my rice was cooked pretty well, we think I used a little bit too much water. It's you have to look up the amount of water for the kind of rice you're using. Where do you look this up? The Google? Yeah, the Google. Uh, maybe maybe we'll maybe we can add that to the chart. Although it, it depends on like different types of long grain rice because like basmati is a little oh, different God. from jasmine. Oh God. I think we've lost all I, I, our Yeah, all I think after listeners. this episode, yeah, you're you're welcome. Now now you're never gonna make rice again, right? <laughs> <laughs> God, I didn't know about the four the four <laughs> quadrants and and the Google and <laughs> the Google. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, but, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've learned something here. We're going to put up the rice table. It's much scarier. I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. it's much scarier when you see it. <laughs> it's much and less it even sounded here. No. Less scary when you see it. I'm going to put on some like recommended brands of rice. He's going to play like. some soothing music. Right? On the website yeah. When you pull well. up the website, like some JavaScript is going to kick in. Like there's going to be a little dancing under construction <laughs> sign from 1996, and <laughs> and some soothing you know, synthesizer music. And, uh, and and some hey. recommended brands and maybe some, and, uh, some mm. cooking methods and our and our wonderful recipes for for takikomi gohan with shiitakes and pork and uh, rice with nutty seedy giblets. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show uh, connected by mucusy strands. Um, <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg and I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Mmm, the hot pan. Yes. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll want to invite everyone over. From book club to reality TV watch parties, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy, the way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick.